Hi sisters, it's your girl again, Ola Davis, with another episode of When Marriage Hurts podcast. This is episode number 67. And on this one, I want to talk about how, um, I'm not sure how to even put this. So I'm just going to say, I'm going to be talking about the things that our brains and our minds do so that we stay longer in an abusive marriage. Um, yeah, that's a kind of long title. Maybe I'll make I'll make the official title shorter. But this is episode number sixty-seven, and I have been away from the podcast for two no three weeks i think the last episode was three weeks ago i apologize guys i'm not gonna make excuses but i've had my hands full with um with some medical issues but i'm not gonna bore you with that on this episode i'll just go right into it okay all right so I am going to be talking about how we manage to stay in abusive marriages for a really long time. Well, the thing is, first, it takes us a while to even come out of the denial and admit that we're in an abusive marriage right like that takes a long while like first we're trying to make excuses for the abuser and um, blame ourselves for the abuse and say oh if i can only pray better or submit better or be a better wife you know things would fix themselves things would get better um you always just being stressed at work uh he's just going through a really hard time right now oh he lost his dad two years ago he's still grieving like we have all these excuses for why our husbands abuse us right oh he just he lost his mom and it was really hard on him and and then seven years later, you find you're still talking about how he lost his mom and it was really hard on him, right? <laughs> so we, we at some point, we kind of get over that and we realize that there's just no excuse. You're being abused and you're being abused, period. There's just, you You can't find, a, a, you can't really find any other excuse as to how you, your spouse treats you the way they do. And then, you know, when we finally stop denying the fact that we're being abused and we're able to face it, it's like another challenge entirely for our minds. It's another challenge for our brains because now the question becomes the question becomes okay so what 
yeah, you're abused, so what? What are you going to do about it? And that's kind of an intimidating question, right? So we start to, and this is not everybody, by the way, but I think a lot of women, women of faith do this, where we begin to find like a bigger purpose, right? Like, you know, we start to, our mind starts to bring up all this, um, I don't know what the appropriate terminology is, so I'm just going to say religious jargons. <laughs> you know, our minds start to bring up this religious jargons, like, uh, you know, everything happens for a reason. There's a bigger purpose behind everything. Um, what this doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And, you know, you're suffering for for christ and you know jesus went to the cross and this is just your own cross and jesus said you know carry your cross and follow me and the rest of that nonsense guys yeah jesus did say carry your cross and follow me but at what point did jesus say that your cross was gonna be an abusive marriage i don't know so we begin to we begin to tie the abuse to some bigger purpose. We, we we start to make it like there's some kind of holy mission. There's some kind of heavenly purpose behind everything we're experiencing. We stop making it about the abuser and how their actions affect us. We start making it... Um, we stop making it about the abuser and how their actions affect us. We start making it about God. Because you know with God, there is no quote and unquote question in him. Right? And I think the reason that we let our minds go there is still, it's like a different kind of denial. So at first we're in denial that we're even being abused in the first place. And then when we get over that, we don't, we need to find a way to get out of taking responsibility of our own lives. Right. And then we, we, we need to, our, our minds need to come up with some kind of, um, way of explaining everything so that so that we can stay so that staying in the marriage can seem not only like the right thing to do but that it would seem like the god thing to do right so i think it's a way of coping with being abused is a way of coping it's a way of making your brain believe that yes the situation is bad but i just have to stay in it because there's a bigger purpose right we need to find a reason to 
stay in the marriage and be content with staying in the marriage. That's essentially what it is, right? We want to find a reason to silence all the voices that try to tell us that this is not what God wanted for you. The voices that, that try to remind you that God has a plan and purpose for your life and it was never his intention for you to suffer like this in marriage. We need to come up with things in our minds and in our brains to silence those voices. You know, those voices that try to make us believe that we can be all God created us to be. That God's plan for us is good and beautiful. That God doesn't want us to perish in an abusive marriage. We try to find a way to silence those voices. Because... When, when those thoughts come through your mind telling you that this is not what God wants for you, it can make us feel uneasy, right? Because then you think to yourself, well, if this isn't what God wants for me, that means I have to do something about it. And abuse already makes you feel powerless. Having to do something about it feels overwhelming. So we just don't. Rather we come up with these narratives like, you know, this is, uh, this is God's way of XYZ, filling the gap. In other words, we make the abuse out to be something holy, right? And it makes us comfortable staying. So whenever the wave of pain comes, when your spouse, you know, does something <laughs> that's deeply hurtful, we can lie to ourselves and be like, oh, I'm suffering for Jesus, right? And feel good about it. <sighs> Ladies, I know some of you right now, listening you're like hola you got me right there you are talking about me right there and this is like some major breakthrough for you but then there are other others that are listening as well and right now you're feeling defensive because you're thinking well yeah, I know everything you're saying is sounding great, but I do believe that this is God in my marriage. This is this is God's the abuse and everything bad happening to me right now is is God working in my marriage because he wants to teach me something, because he wants to refine me, because he wants to Honey, are you saying that you are the only woman god wants to walk on on this earth like are you telling me that all the thousands and millions of women in this world that are not being you know i don't know how many married women we have on earth but i would say maybe hundreds of thousands if not millions so are you telling me that of all the hundreds of thousands of married women in this world 
you just happen to be amongst the few that God has decided to gift with an abusive marriage to make you a better woman? What of all the thousands of women that are not just married, but they are happily married? Are you saying that God doesn't care enough about them and that's why he hasn't given them the gift of an abusive marriage? Come on. You know, it's um when I when I come across people who have or who um who push this narrative and try to make something try to try to convince themselves that their suffering is something that's specially from God because it just really makes me sad. Because I see it as, you know, these are people that, like, in a desperate attempt to be able to cope with their suffering, they've actually made God out to be a sadistic psychopath. And I just find that really sad. But I also understand why people cling to those ideas desperately. Because it's easier to make God the villain in our stories. It's easier to make God the the one that is making us suffering than for us to look at ourselves in the mirror and admit that we are that we actually married someone that the person that we actually love the most, you know, in this world is the real enemy it's easy to hide under religious lies and you know say things like well god is in charge of everything god can do whatever he wants and if god hasn't changed my abusive husband it's because god wants me to be married to an abusive husband and god wants me to suck it up for his glory hmm I get it. I really do. It's easier to put that on God because it's such a difficult thing to admit that the person that I thought was the love of my life was actually the enemy. I've actually been sleeping with the enemy all these years. It's a tough thing to to admit to that. It's easier to dump this on God. And just convince ourselves that it's all for the greater good. Oh, God. Well, you know, I have to break it to you. The scripture says that God's thoughts towards us are thoughts of good and not of evil. I didn't make that up. It's in scriptures. It's thoughts towards you. Are thoughts of good and not of evil. God doesn't wake up one morning and it's like, huh, I wonder what I could do to Betty. Um, yeah, I'm going to make her meet this abusive guy and make sure they are married and make sure she's tortured for the rest of her life. That's how she's going to be closer to me. No, that's that's not God talking. That's a psychopath. So... 
um i don't know if this episode helps someone um i hope it does i hope it wakes someone up i hope it shakes someone out of the out of the comfort of living in that lie sweetheart god isn't punishing you with an abusive marriage your spouse is god weeps that you're being abused there is no um well i'm not gonna say there is none but it's uh we don't consider it a beautiful thing when a father sees his child being abused and he derives some kind of pleasure from it we think that's sick right we think it's terrible in fact we think such fathers should be thrown in jail so why do we think that our heavenly father derives joy or derives some kind of sick pleasure from us suffering in our marriages because we don't derive pleasure even as a parent you don't even when your child goes to get a shot at the hospital you know it's best for them but it hurts you so why do we think that god derives some sick pleasure from his children's suffering that's a question you could you should ask yourself why do we think we're better parents are we saying we're better loving parents and god isn't okay i'm gonna leave it at that on this episode i hope that helps somebody and i look forward to having these conversations with you in the facebook group at when marriage hurts and i'm also on instagram at when marriage hurts um but the facebook group kind of provides uh, an avenue to have extensive discussions about this and if you just want to come out there and vent about what's going on with you that's you know that's good too if you're shy and you don't want to post directly with your name with your facebook name you can post anonymously and yeah so ladies until the next time i see you on the when marriage house podcast this is your girl ola davis saying jesus loves you and he wants you to be free have a good week ahead